This is another episode of Connecting the Dots podcast. I'm Skip Stewart, Vice President and Chief Improvement Officer for Baptist Memorial Healthcare. Hi, everybody. I'm HF Mason. I'm a General Surgeon and Chief Medical Officer at Baptist Memorial Hospital, DeSoto. And hey, everyone. I'm Jake Lancaster. I'm an internal medicine physician and the Chief Medical Information Officer for the Baptist System. Well, today we are incredibly honored to have Emily Lauder, Vice President at Toyota Motor Manufacturing in Mississippi. Welcome, Emily. Thank you very much, Skip. I'm glad to be here today, and uh, I've been with Toyota going on almost 21 years, so uh, hopefully I'll add to the conversation today. Emily, uh, once again, we're just so, so glad that you're here, and you know, I just want to tell you a little bit about my background. I'm actually from Union County. I'm from New Albany and I practiced there for 22 years. And, and I remember 13, 14 years ago when, when, you know, there was talk about a Toyota plant coming to, to Union County and the pull Alliance came together and went through that whole process of, of, of getting the land. And then I think, I think the plant finally opened maybe in 2011. Uh, it, it's hard to believe that it's been t 10 years, but, but, you know, Toyota, has been a big shot in the arm for for North Mississippi and we're so glad glad to have you you guys there and also you know Baptist our, our whole system is very tied to the uh, to the Toyota production system so that that's even more reason but but just briefly tell us a little bit about the plant in North Mississippi how many employees you guys have uh, what what you guys make or or assemble if you don't mind Absolutely. So you're, you're correct. Um, we've been in operation since 2011. So coming up this year, um, it'll be our, our 10th anniversary, of course. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we're not going to have any big celebration this year, but we'll plan to have one next year. So here in Blue Springs, we have under roof um, almost 3,000 individuals between our Toyota team members, our variable workforce, um, our suppliers and vendors that are on site. So we have, um, you know, quite a few people coming to work here every day, almost 3000 and we do make, um, the Corolla. We are the only plant in North America to produce the Corolla. Uh, fun fact about the Corolla. We're on the 12th generation. We launched that in March of 2019. And, um, so we're very proud of that. And right now we produce, uh, we have the capacity to produce about 170,000 units, uh, for a year. Well, yeah, that, those those new Toyotas are sharp. Uh, I like them. Sure do. So, Emily, you know, the, the start of the pandemic was a shock to, to everybody across the world. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like for you in, in North Mississippi, uh, for, for Toyota in North Mississippi, and then maybe how you initially partnered with, with Baptist when we were rolling out um, you know, the, the PCR testing and offering that as a service. Absolutely. So, yes, so COVID-19 hit us, uh, obviously, as it was hitting um, all, all the other folks across North America. And we ended up shutting our plant down. I think it was on March the 19th last year. We were actually down for seven weeks. When we came back up in May, we were one of the first plants, or we were the first plant actually to shut down, and we were the first plant to come back up. So through this whole um, pandemic, it seems like we've had a lot of firsts for Toyota North America. We actually were the first plant to have someone diagnosed with COVID, thus the first to go down. 
but then we were also the first to come back up based on our protocols and the demand for our product. And as we move through the summer um, with the strong partnership between Toyota and uh, Baptist, we were able to be the first plant in North America to offer the PCR diagnostic test to our team members and have a turnaround time of less than three hours. So believe me when I tell you that when I shared that with my counterparts across North America, I think they thought I was crazy. Quite honestly, but um, soon, uh, based on the good work that Dan and I did together, um, we were put in charge of uh, testing for all the plants in North America. So we worked with all of our locations to set up similar type um, testing with others throughout North America, and um, they modeled it after what we had done here in Mississippi. So very proud of that, and so we became kind of like the uh, uh, I guess uh, pseudo epidemiologist for Toyota. Sure. I say I I've, I know more about uh, medicine now than I ever thought I would, and uh, maybe someday I'll go to medical school. So anyway, yeah. that's kind of well, how we got the, how we got started. Yeah, that's well, actually that, that's an incredible story, and and I was actually the CMO at, at New Albany when when that that took place, and and it's just funny how things come together because you know our chief nursing officer Heather Reed was. Uh, is good friends with Dr. Coker, who who works uh, at y'all's clinic on site, and, and James Grantham, who is the CEO of, of the hospital in New Albany. He actually happens to be our system uh, lab director. He he oversees all the the lab processes in our system, and our our uh, COO, Dr. Paul DePriest, is is a huge Toyota plant uh, fan and. Uh, you know, when when we started talking about this, hey, I wonder how we could partner with with Toyota and, and help them and uh, everybody got really, really excited. And, and it, it's it's just incredible how you guys have taken what's gone on in uh, at Blue Springs and spread it out uh, all across the organization that that's 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 really wonderful. Yeah, it's very exciting for us. It's not often, you know, that uh, Mississippi gets to be the first in something, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. And, and as as Jake and I, as, as native Mississippians, we can, we can, we can attest to that. Isn't that right, Jake? That's right. Now we do have the the best riders in the country for sure. I will say that. Um, Dan, since you've joined, do you want to introduce yourself? And then I, I think I have a question that you may be able to answer. You mentioned that you got your turnaround time to about three hours with the lab testing. Can you just talk a little bit about your testing protocols um, and kind of how your methodology went to, to I guess, improve in your testing protocols and reduce that uh, turnaround time for that lab testing? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, my name is Dan Goodwin. I'm the quality control general manager here, uh, working with Emily on this uh, particular activity to keep our team members as healthy and safe as possible. Uh, I've been with Toyota for 23 years and moved down here from our HQ headquarters at the time was in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. So uh, regarding your question, as far as the protocols, um, you know, upon entry into the facility, of course, we have temperature checking. Uh, we have the, the kind of uh, visual controls. Uh, we had uh, gates staffed as far as being able to assist members, um, ensuring that they were aware of their health uh, situation and, and they were not um, basically coming into the to the plant with any kind of uh, uh, condition. 
Um, from, from there, of course, if we had any abnormality, we had isolation stations uh, scattered throughout the plant uh, right near the entrances so we could isolate that member and then further assess the situation. Uh, from there, we could kind of make the call, yep, okay, we need to uh, make sure we get this person tested, in which case, just like we talked about, some of the uh, great partnerships that we have in the region, we were able to, to send that member off, of course, and, and, and get that quick test, especially at a time during the pandemic when that wasn't really the case where we were able to get really quick turnaround time. So I think that was a really good thing that we were uh, really uh, for our members and to help the community at large, making sure that we were getting those folks uh, tested and understood their condition. Furthermore, of course, we, we didn't want them even to come on site if they felt bad. So they had that option to go directly to those locations um, and get that, that uh, what's the word, Emily? Nasal pharyngeal PCR test. Yes, very exciting. Yes. <laughs> uh, Brand very, 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 yeah. very uncomfortable. Uh, I myself, and of course, probably most of us uh, have, have gotten something like that at one point in time during this pandemic, but uh, we were able to do that, that test and, uh, you know, we were advised by uh, our, our, our consultation uh, individuals throughout, I guess, the medical environment and network uh, that that was the best test to get. So that's what we did for our team members. And we're fortunate enough to get a very quick turnaround time. And, and I think you guys, are you guys opening up a plant in Alabama partnering with Mazda, is that, is that correct? And, that's and, correct, yeah. And um, I, think, I think a lot of y'all's a lot of those people from Alabama were getting tested prior to y'all were having them tested prior to them entering into y'all's plant. That's correct. Um, we were chosen here in Mississippi to be um, the training or trainers uh, for the Mazda Toyota team members and team leaders and group leaders and managers. So we have a large population of those individuals coming over here to train um, from Huntsville, Alabama. And um, we set up the process basically before they were allowed to come into the facility, they had to be cleared with a PCR diagnostic test at one of your Baptist locations. I know we used uh, New Albany and I think we also used the, the Boonville location, mm -hmm. if I remember right. So um, very appreciative uh, that we were able to set that process up because it was very quick for them. They could stop by. Boonville just happens to be on the way from Huntsville to um, Blue Springs. And they were able to stop by there quickly, get the test. And, and if they were negative, come on to work. We did have some cases where individuals were positive and they were asymptomatic. And so we actually stopped them from coming into the facility based on the good partnership we had with you all. So thank you. Yeah, a, a lot of the, a lot of those tests were ordered. You know, they, as a chief medical officer, they were ordered in my name, which, which is perfectly okay. And, and I would be checking my inbox and I'd say, dang, there, there's a positive. I'd, I'd, I'd make a phone call and I'd say, hey, is this, yeah, that was an asymptomatic patient, but they'd gotten in touch with him and, or him or her. And uh, so that, that's, you, you know, it's, You'd be surprised at how many asymptomatic positives uh, that th that we were seeing, but mm -hmm. you know we especially went through several. On. Say that again, Jake. I was just saying, especially early on, that, that was a big deal back in in July and August. You know, we, we went through several several months of testing, and and uh, and then all of a sudden the the vaccine came out, and so I think, you know, you guys had these processes for. 
for getting your employees tested or your team members tested. Tell us a little bit about the evolution of going from testing to vaccinating. Tell, tell us a little bit about that and, and that planning. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start and then I'll turn it over to Dan maybe to, to talk about the process. But um, yes, so we were, um, you know, very excited to um, be able to offer the vaccine. So once we went, you know, we went through all the testing and, and then the vaccine became available at the beginning of this year, we started discussing with Baptist about the potential to offer um, testing here on site. And so um, we had a, a really good partnership where we had a meeting with uh, Dr. Dobbs and uh, Dr. Byers to discuss, you know, potentially getting a supply of the vaccine. Actually, the folks, your, your folks at Baptist, Justin Rhodes, facilitated that conversation, uh, which I'm very thankful for. And uh, during that, we were at a point where um, the vaccine was not open to everyone. But um, based on the conversation we had with Dr. Dobbs, he said, well, why don't we go ahead and uh, give you a supply of the vaccine so that you can offer to those individuals that are in your facility that are eligible at this phase. So we were very thankful to receive 1178 vaccines. And uh, once we set the process up, I'll, I'll let Dan talk about the process. Um, we were able to uh, then based on the phases, it, it opened up to everyone. So basically we were able to um, offer the vaccine to everyone here within the, the facility, the Toyota facility in Blue Springs. Dan, I'll turn it over to you maybe to talk a little bit about how we set the process up and, and the Toyota production system that we used to yeah. Kaizen it. Yeah, uh, yeah I was going to say nothing's, um, this is TPS, so we utilize some of our TPS experts actually to set up the process. Um, we did uh, something called Genshi Genbutsu, which is go look, go see. So we actually went uh, to your facility and we checked that out and we went to some of the other drive-through facilities, um, you know, in the region just to see how those were operating. And of course, uh, we looked at, well, what is the cycle time of this process? Meaning that how long would a member uh, be queued up? How long does it take to get the shot? And of course, there's a 15 minute lag time there that you have to have to wait uh, to see if there's any reaction. So of course we did our cycle time studies on that and figured out uh, how many uh, people we could accommodate in a certain amount of time. And and I tell you, your operations team, we got with uh, those folks and they were all on board. And uh, I think it was, it was clockwork when we uh, finally opened it up, a very impressive uh, partnership and, uh, Certainly, uh, you know, I think it, it, it benefited our team members and, and we marketed it as much as we could to get them to uh, get the vaccination. And, you know, this was a two shot deal. So one round and then they came around for the second round since it was Pfizer. So uh, we kept that process intact and really we've, we didn't get any negative feedbacks as far as wait time, cycle times and how we did the process. And your your members, of course, were very gracious and uh, so accommodating. So we appreciate very much. I was gonna say the one thing I'll add actually, and once again, um, pleased to say, Dan and I became the testing um, expert for Toyota <laughs> North America because we were the first site to actually set up, um, I'm sorry, the, the vaccines. Um, vaccine. uh, yeah, the, for the vaccines. We were the first site for Toyota North America to actually offer vaccines on site to our team members. So again, we became the benchmark or the best practice, if you will. Um, and we're able to share that with all of our counterparts in North America. So 
and even to this day, we're still continuing because we have two locations in Mexico trying to, to meet with the folks in DC to see how we can support getting uh, vaccines over to our, our facilities in Mexico. So um, we haven't stopped yet. So we're continuing uh, to, I guess, challenge the uh, impossible at uh, times. So thank yeah. you. No, that's great. And, and so you're mentioning earlier that uh, you did some improvements to the cycle time. Can you just, I, I don't know if you know the numbers off the top of your head of, of what what it was when you started before you went and, and did the go and see and then what it was afterwards. But can you explain that process a little bit more and maybe where you went from and what you went to and what sort of waste, I guess, in the system you, you saw that you were able to uh, modify? Yeah, some of it was um, we didn't fully understand uh, how many people we needed or or let's let's call them injection stations. That's sort of what we call them. How many people did we need actually giving the shots and what was the intake cycle like? And what one one item that we were really fortunate to, to be able to partner with you guys was uh, a call in the call ahead. We were a little worried about what kind of paperwork a team member might have to do as they uh, walked up uh, to get their particular uh, shot done. But with the intake process being done basically at the member's leisure with uh, uh, good information gathering, we were able to basically cut that intake down. We thought it might take, let's say, three to five minutes to basically it's almost a 30 second identification check. And that was it because the paperwork was already pre-done. Uh, and, and your members came with folders already um, with that person's card filled out, uh, the CDC card. And, and so it made it really, really quick uh, so that they would basically just line up, say who they are, do a badge check. And then they were able to go to the next inject station, which at one point we had four uh, different folks being able to give that injection and then off they went to the waiting room. So we were really able to do a very quick process. Um, the, our members weren't waiting um, more than, let's say, three minutes to five minutes before they got the intake all the way through inject. And then, of course, the 15 minute required uh, time. Yeah, somebody so somebody really had nice. sent me the flow diagram that you. Yes, that, of course we did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. Did, did you did you, how many different uh, vaccine days did you guys have? Uh, that's a really good question. I think we had uh, six to seven first injection days, and of course, um, I think we had maybe six. Uh, or five, sorry, five second injection days. We were able to to yeah. combine some of those things. And I, and I guess the the reason I asked that did did you did you tweak or change any of the processes between during those six days? Did you you know in the typical Toyota fashion? Did you say, hey, I think we could do a little bit better if we, if we did this? <laughs> yeah, we really didn't have to do a lot after we did our trial. I will say we did a uh, you know an initial trial, which. Uh, I was able to be part of one of the first uh, injections um, with some of our uh, uh, leadership team. So after that, I think we made some some adjustments and and making sure our members would line up uh, no matter what the weather was like. They were able to stay indoors and and give them a good comfortable environment for the 15 minute wait time. So we really didn't have to do a lot of adjustments past uh, yeah. our initial trial. Did, did so you guys have any ill effects from from the vaccine? As far as feeling bad, I, the reason I asked that is is I, I I felt bad after both of my injections for about a day. 
Oh well, yeah, so, I did too. Yeah, yeah I had I was, most of the second one for me. Yeah, I was gonna say after the second dose got me, um, and I actually had got the Moderna. But um, yeah, we had some folks here um, after the second shot, particularly that had some side effects. Um, a, a gentleman that's our safety senior manager, he he got really sick um, the next day, but you know, it, within 24 hours, it was gone. So it was definitely, he said, worth. You know, of course, he'd get the shot, you know, 10 times over, um, just to know that he's protected. So, Dan, I can't remember if you yeah, had any. I, yeah. I think a lot of what we saw was arm arm soreness. So at the injection site, uh, especially for the second round. Um, I felt that and some of our team members, of course, felt that that was the most common. Uh, and then also, I'd say um, second to that was uh, fatigue. So feeling tired, uh, more tired and less energy than normal. And then we did have some. Um, I won't say severe, but, um, you know, higher level, like fever, um, temporary kind of things. Well, and I applaud you guys for getting vaccinated. You know, we. Here in the South, just kind of across the board, our, our vaccination rates tend to be a little bit lower than they are in other areas. And, uh, especially among, among the, uh, the younger population. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the vaccine and, and the more people that we can get shots in the arm, the quicker we can try to get back to some semblance of, uh, normalcy around here. Yeah, for sure. One of the questions I had was kind of along those lines is, is your vaccination program, is it, is it over or are y'all still offering it ongoing and have you had to adjust? And if you are offering it ongoing, you know, are you adjusting it in your processes? If you're seeing less demand than you were before. So at this point, um, you know, we don't have any plans to, uh, have an ongoing, um, uh, situation here. Um, but 1 of the things we do want to. Um, look at is is seeing if we can partner with Baptist to maybe get some of the vaccines out into the underserved areas or underserved counties. Um, so I know we have a meeting set up next week. I believe it is to discuss that with um, Justin. So um, that's one of the ways we're trying to support not only our team members here, but also getting it out into the communities to help like um, like you said, get more shots in the arm. I was going to say, yeah. I will add, I will add that we did a fair amount of marketing um, to try to get our members to take uh, the vaccine. Um, you know, we had executives that basically gave some testimonial and other members of our community um, here at work that gave testimonials on why they got uh, the vaccine. So I think that helped, uh, but you're right. The, the take rate is probably about average on what we see from the total state of Mississippi. Sure. And I will add one thing to what that Dan just said, because I remembered as Toyota North America, we actually offered our team members a hundred dollar incentive if they got the vaccine, um, you know, after they got the second dose, or in some cases we had one plant that uh, did the J and J. So, you know, we're really trying to not only encourage through testimonials, but also some sort of monetary incentive as well. Well. Wow. Tell me, has has COVID other other than you know wearing masks and and social distancing and and using a lot of hand sanitizer and 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 hand hygiene, have you guys in in your assembly process did you guys have to, did y'all have to change any of your operations in 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 assembling the car due to COVID? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We did. Um, you know, that's that's really what we worked on during the six weeks that we were down. Um, you know, is how do we bring the team members back and make sure that they have a safe process? So, um, you know, we've done everything from, you know, making face shields mandatory for a certain period of time where everybody in Dan and myself included, if we got up from our desks and walked to the restroom or walked to talk to someone, we had to put on a face shield. And we still are practicing that, um, you know, as Dan and I were in a meeting this morning with a group of people, um, we were with three feet and everyone had their face shields on. So we have changed many things um, and we have many protocols that we've put in place. I don't know, Dan, if you want to talk about more, maybe on the assembly yeah. line, I'll let you do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So uh, our break areas and uh, cafeterias, any common areas we modified, we put up barriers, um, plexiglass walls or those kinds of things um, just to make sure we were following guidelines and keeping our members safe. Um, on the line sanitization, we at one point were stopping every quarter uh, in a shift and having our members sanitize any of the tools that they might touch. Anytime they would rotate out of a job and go to a different job, of course, uh, sanitization was very, very important. Uh, certainly at that point in time in the pandemic, we had no idea, you know, how transmissible it was over surfaces. Sure, so sure. we were being extra, extra vigilant uh, uh, about keeping everything clean. So, you know, our COO has said multiple times that uh, the healthcare industry in general is about 50, 60, 70 years, it always feels like he has another uh, 10 years uh, every time he says it, <laughs> behind every other industry when it comes to continuous improvement and, and process engineering. Uh, I just wanted to get your take on on what your experience has been like now that you're interfacing with the healthcare industry a little bit more. I'll start and then maybe Dan, you can help me out. But um, one of the things, the interesting thing is um, when we got, put in charge of the vaccine um, and the testing programs for Toyota North America, we reached out to an individual who's an expert in the field of epidemiology. His name is Dr. Fred Southwick. He works at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And um, interestingly enough, he was very familiar with Toyota. He had uh, actually at one point in his career toured the um, plant that we have, a kind of our flagship plant in North America in Georgetown, Kentucky. And he has studied the Toyota production system very deeply. And so he actually teaches a class at the University of Florida um, to how to apply um, TPS, Toyota production system, in um, the medical industry or the medical field. So we found that very interesting. And then I know just with my interactions with other hospitals here locally, um, they talk, they use a lot of the same words that we use um, to talk about, you know, lean manufacturing, Kaizen, go and see your Gichigambutsu. Um, so I, I'm seeing it be more applicable, I think, in the, the healthcare field than I ever thought before uh, the pandemic. Dan, I'll let you give your opinion as well. Yeah, I, I think no, you hit on it really well. And, and I will say um, another similarity is perhaps the amount of data, data-driven decision-making. Um, so, you know, talking to Dr. Southwick, of course, he was referencing a lot of different studies and study points and what should we be doing um, to keep our members safe and those kinds of things. Uh, and and uh, so, so I will say, yeah, that's, that's a big uh, similar point that we all share. Yeah, you know, our 
our badness management system is <clears throat> is heavily based on the Toyota production system. I mean, very, very heavily from <clears throat> A3s. And, and as a matter of fact, uh, Dr. Lancaster and I, we're, we're actually going through kata training right now. I, I have a session with my coach uh, th this afternoon, uh, which I need to, that reminds me, Jack, I need to update my, uh, my, my kata board. Yeah, yeah, you do. He'll get on to you. Yeah, Brandon will get on to you. But, uh, and also to put in just a little plug for, for the podcast, um, Yesterday, our, our new ser uh, episodes come out every Thursday, and, and the episode that came out yesterday, we had uh, uh, Jeffrey Liker, you know, uh, on, on the uh, podcast talking about the uh, second edition of the Toyota Way. So it was really an honor to have him have him on the show as well. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, this is uh, this is Skip Stewart again, uh, and I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, Dan and Emily for coming on. I want to say thank you uh, for the partnership. I hope that we will continue to partner with you even when this pandemic is gone and we have forgotten the word COVID. You know, I I look forward to that day, but I really hope that we can uh, you know partner with you and just thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you so much for being a part uh, of our market here in Mississippi, and uh, we're just so honored and appreciative for you. Thank you, Skip. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Our, our honor. Yep.